and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. It's the last week of June, meaning I've got to rewrite my whiteboard of monthly monsters. July looks exciting though, so don't panic, I've got plenty more where all of that came from. It's lovely and warm in the UK at the moment as well, although I can say without aircon, I am just in a state of permanent melt. So uh, that's not ideal. But anyway, enough about that. Let's get on with today's Monster of the Week. This week, we're heading back over to the Norse mythology for the first time in a little while. And we know that I love a European monster, although that may be completely biased, to be fair. We are looking at the fearsome Draugr this week. Have you heard of this one? I'll be honest, it's a slightly new one for me, and I certainly didn't know much about them before this week. The Draugr are classified as undead warriors who re-inhabit their own corpses. They tend to haunt around castles, palaces and graves of themselves and others. They are usually guarding treasure in the place they are haunting, however they are not actually ghosts, they are kind of more like zombies. Whilst they don't actually possess the bodies they end up using, they actually kind of have their own form, which have the same abilities that they had in life making them a kind of weird mix of a ghost and a zombie. Usually though, they look like semi-decayed viking warriors, with exposed bones, muscle, ice blue skin, often dressed in their finest armour which they were buried in. As they are a Norse monster, they would usually be adorned with their traditional viking look, such as the helmets, the plaited beards and hair, and their axes, shields and broadswords. They would usually also have superhuman strength, they can control the weather, they can also shapeshift, dreamwalk and have the sight of prophecy. So they do have a bunch of extra powers in death too. But how does a Draugr come about? This is usually when a person is buried either sitting up or laying upright and this was an evil or greedy person in life, that was the main criteria for becoming a Draugr. The Draugr would stay on the earth out of pure spite and greed, rather than moving on to the afterlife, which backs up that they are slightly different to ghosts, as ghosts tend to stick around to sort out their unfinished business, and Draugr stick around to guard their own wealth and their own bodies. There is another way you could turn into the Draugr though, and that's through kind of traditional zombie means. You could actually be infected by another Draugr, and that's when you die in the presence of one. It would find your body and get you to replace them in their grave, and they would move on to Hell, which is the Norse underworld, not particularly the good one. How could you prevent Draugr spawning up other than, you know, not burying them properly? Well, the Vikings believed that bodies could move after death, even if they were buried correctly, and that the soul would only leave through the way it went in. So for nastier people, they would bury the person with their toes tied together, a pair of iron scissors on their chest, and a cloak filled with straw placed around their shoulders so they wouldn't be able to move in the grave. 
Even during the ceremony, the coffin bearers would make signs of scissors before putting the coffin in the grave. And if they were carried through a corpse door, which was kind of a hole in a wall into the burial chamber, they would be sealed into it. Could you kill one though? Hmm, I wouldn't really advise it. These are trained Viking warriors and they are known to be quite ruthless. But you could take them out with iron-based weapons, but nothing else, that was it. And then cut off the head, burn it and dump the ashes into the sea to make sure that it would never come back. The other way is to force the Draugr back into its own grave, which you could do physically, like pushing it in, which a couple of heroes did, but we'll kind of get into that later. Now, onto etymology. The word Draugr is obviously Old Norse, which means either a ghost or spirit, specifically the dead inhabitant of a cairn. A cairn is a burial stone, if you didn't know. This word is actually Gaelic, but the Vikings have loads of links to the Scots and the English due to the locations, and actually the history of war in the countries during this period. Another word for Draugr is Haugbui, which means barrow dweller, or Aptaganger, which means again walker. Barrow dwellers are usually considered as whites, which is a type of spirit, especially in Old English or Gaelic. So again, a really nice link back to old Blighty over here. And actually, Tolkien coined the term Barrow White in Lord of the Rings, and the spirits at Weathertop were very much meant to be that, and Dunharrow in the later films or books, they were all based on the Draugr. Now, where did the history of this monster actually emerge from, though? This monster originated originally from Iceland, actually. And although this does mean it counts as a Nordic monster, which is why they're kind of within the Norse mythology, they are technically Icelandic, which is why I've kind of not mentioned that beforehand. It's, it's kind of irrelevant, but also important to know. But anyway, the first mention of them was in the Grettis saga, which was written about 1400 AD, and is one of Iceland's greatest sagas, or if you don't know what that is, they're kind of like family stories that are passed down. This one is about a man called Greta Asmundersen, who was a Icelandic outlaw. The Draugr is introduced into this story by a shepherd called Glamour, who refused to fast on the Yuletide, which was a Viking tradition, and so Greta then finds his body in the snow, and he's become a Draugr. Greta then defeats him in battle, but before he's taken down, Glamour curses Greta, which curses him to lose his strength, make him afraid of the dark, give him everlasting loneliness, and actually make him destined to die young. And he does, but we don't actually know when, so that's where the Draugr is kind of introduced into that one. I did mention some other names for this monster earlier too, but there are actually different monsters under these names, but they're immensely similar and that's why the Haugbui is the mountain dweller, it's very similar to the Draugr obviously, but they are actually water-based and swim alongside ships and then disguise themselves as mossy rocks in order to capture anyone coming off of their boats. They are obviously another type of monster which we'll cover at another time, but they are quite interesting. They've actually changed in the modern times too, which are called the Draug instead, and it's said that these were the ghosts of dead fishermen who died at sea, and were not buried within Christian soil. They are much more modern versions of this monster, and they're said to wear leather jackets and have a seaweed vase as their head. 
They're very much linked to the Scandinavian norm of dying on a boat or at sea due to their reliance on the ocean for their livelihoods and their survival within this period. Now, onto cultural significance in modern media. We don't have a lot for art this week, as even though they're an old monster, the Norse were never particularly good at documenting their monsters through literal art. However, there are some really great independent pieces this week, such as the one I used in the advertising, which was on deviant art by Jacob Jacoda called Draugr Valley, which I thought was really cool. So have a look at those. In movies, though, we do have quite a few, like Lord of the Rings, Corpse Bride, Paranorman, Cabin in the Woods, Creep Show, The Crow, Friday Thirteenth, Mama, Drive Angry, Field Guide to the Evil, Dylan Dog. My Boyfriend's Bat, Robocop, The Revenant, Tombs of the Blind Dead, Ghost Town, Godzilla, and Undead or Alive. For TV, we have Hilda, Angel, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Game of Thrones, In the Flesh, Eye Zombie, Ghost Whisperer, Doctor Who, Lex, Masters of Horror, Merlin, Tales from the Crypt, Young Blades, Winona Earp, Supernatural, Santa Clarita Diet, Le Revenant, The Punisher, DuckTales, Ugly Americans, Teen Titans, Torchwood, and Pushing Daisies. In video games, we have ones such as God of War, Skyrim, Valheim, Eve Online, Blood, Doom, Darkstalkers, Dark Souls, Code Vein, Dragon Age, Elder Scrolls 3, Jewel Saver Destiny, Gungrave, Final Fantasy X, Mortal Kombat, Pathfinder, Pillars of Eternity, Resident Evil Village, Star Wars The Old Republic, Sunless Skies, Street Fighter V, Shantae, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey, Five Nights at Freddy's Sister Location, Thief Deadly Shadows, Warframe, Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare, and World of Warcraft. Now you might be thinking, Erin, I don't remember Draugr specifically in any of these, so, Draugr technically come under the term Revenant, which is kind of like a inhabiting ghostly zombie. So, what I've used is a lot of the tropes that kind of come under those kind of things. So, they're very much similar, if not exactly the same. Stuff like World of Warcraft, God of War, Skyrim, have those kind of monsters in, Supernatural, all of that stuff. But some of these just have like a Revenant zombie in. Now, my book recommendation this week is Zombies, A Cultural History by Roger Luckhurst. For some specific zombie facts, as these monsters fall mostly into this category, and generally zombies are really interesting to know about. But otherwise, for more Norse myths, I would recommend Nordic Tales, Folk Tales from Norway, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, and Denmark by Chronicle Books. Now it's time for Do I Think Existed? Now, I'm going to say probably not for this one, but also, as they're kind of ghosties, it does make it a little bit difficult and different. So for usual undead monsters, I would say the chances of you bumping into one is pretty slim, but who knows when you're going to bump into a Viking grave with shiny treasures in. They're bloody all over the place, especially in Europe. However, the idea that these are the souls of evil, greedy people from the Viking era is a great idea for self-punishment after death, and definitely encourages people to be better in life. So I do get that it was most likely a very real threat and deterrent, so to not make it to Valhalla or the other Norse entities in the underworld, 
especially that for the very proud Norsemen and Vikings of the time, was a really big deal. But it's generally stay away from graveyards. It's a kind of known trope anyway, but I think it's very much the sense of if you don't go digging around for treasures that are not yours, hear this British Empire, you should be fine. You should be fine. But what do you think? Did Draugr roam the earth? Let me know on Twitter. I would really love to know what you think. I do love being undead monster, and I really like the ones that are similar ones to others, actually. I find them quite interesting when there's a crossover of kind of monster types. So they are quite different to things we've done in the past, as they're really not quite ghosts, not quite zombies. And to be honest, we've not really covered many like proper undead monsters. So it's nice to kind of cover that and talk about something a little bit new for us. But next week, we're heading back over to the rest of Europe and looking at what you might find in a statue of in your garden at home. Yes, next week we are looking at the wonderful gnome from European folklore. Come join us next Thursday. For now, though, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, and you can also find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes. Bye.